Starting Perik Tesvav. This is the Nachla of Nehuda. They were the first of the Shvat in Eretz Yisrael to be given the Gairo, to be given the Chedek which belonged to them. So the Navi is going to tell us exactly where the borders of Yehuda lay. And the Maish is going to see that Yehuda was the southernmost Shevet of Eretz Yisrael, which means the southern border of Yehuda is really the southern border of Eretz Yisrael. And therefore it fits with the Torah talks in Pashas Pinchas. The Torah there doesn't describe the Nachra of all the Shvatim, it describes the borders of Eretz Yisrael, but it details exactly the same line that the, the Pasuk and the here was the southern Nachra of Yehuda. So let's follow inside with them. We have a map, so follow it together. The Pasuk says like this, So here, Goyer al-Matzi b'nei Yehuda, the Mishpachoyisam, el-Gavul Adam. So we're starting from the Gavul of Adam, Midbaratzin, Negva, Miktzei Taimon. So we're starting from the, the southern border of Eretz Yisrael, which is the Gavul of Adam. Adam, like the Pasuk says, was the southeast of Eretz Yisrael. So that's, if you talk to Dead Sea as a point of reference, to the southeast of that was the Gavul of Adam. And therefore, when we're calling Nachlas Yehuda, Nachlas Yehuda doesn't touch Adam. So, Vehilem Gvul Negev, the southern border of Yehuda was Mikta Yamamelech. You mean Halash Napoleon Negev, from the end of Yamamelech, the southernmost point of Yamamelech. That's where we're going to start following the line of Yehuda's Nachla. Vyatse El Minegev, the Malay Akrabi, Vavartino. It follows a southern line underneath the Yamamelech. The place which is going down here is called Malay Akrabi. The Torah also refers to this place. Avar Tino. It goes around Tino. Ve'ala minege ve'kodesh parneh. So it comes right down in like a semicircular thing. It's ve'kodesh parneh. Kodesh parneh is much more towards the west. And once again, the the nachel the the nachel comes underneath kodesh parneh. That means minege from the south of kodesh parneh. So kodesh parneh is in the global of Israel, which is an interesting thing because we saw that. Uh, the Meraglim was sent from Kodesh Barnev. And therefore, it means they weren't in Eretz Israel yet. And now we see that the Gvul covers Kodesh Barnev also. We're going to see that this is a discussion in the Chazal, how many places there were called, called Kodesh Barnev. V'ovar Chetzron, v'ola Aderes, v'nosofar Karko. We're talking about cities which are going along, along the line of the southern border of Eretz Israel. And then, going from there, it goes past Atzmon, which is another city, to the east of Kodesh Barnea. And then Viyat Nachal, so went to the Nachal of Mitzrayim. And then that's the southern border of Israel. It's the semi-circular land from the Dead Sea down to the bottom point, which is underneath Kodesh Barnea. And then following the trajectory up again past Nachal Mitzrayim until the Taitzos, it reaches the Yama, which is the sea. And then the, the sea is going to be the west border of Eretz, of Eretz Yehuda, which is really the west border of Eretz Yisrael also. Do we know where Nachal Mitzrayim is? No, that's what I'm talking about now. Nachal Mitzrayim is a big machoikos where it is. It's not the, the Nile River, which is often thought to be the case, because it's quite clear from the Pasukir and in the Torah that Nachal Mitzrayim is the southern border of Eretz Yisrael, whereas the Nile is in Eretz Yisrael, it's very far to much further west than that. And therefore we understand that why it's called Nachal Mitzrayim, is because it's a river which goes towards Mitzrayim. Now, well, this makes a difference to us halakhically today. Not so much because of the historical kavul of Eretz Yisrael. It doesn't really affect us too much in the halakha. But there has a very big practical halakha today. What's Nachal Mitzrayim? And that is because the halakha is that since this is the southern border of Eretz Yisrael, anything grown above this line has a little shmita. 
anything grown above the sun is um, Shemitah, and therefore the halacha is you're not allowed to grow vegetables. I mean, that's Israel and Shemitah, we got another called Tzvichin. Anything grown below the line is Chutzlaret. And therefore there's no problem growing vegetables in Chutzlaret. Now, the Negev Desert isn't a very arable land, so they don't use it for trees. So there wasn't really Negev to fruit trees, but there is Negev to vegetable production, which they do grow in other places in the Negev. And therefore there's a big machlaik as to what Nachal Mitzrayim is. And based on Nachal Mitzrayim is, is going to be the difference between a number of different plantations in the Negev, if they was allowed to eat if one's allowed to eat the produce during Shemitah, or we consider it growing there is the Shrov which is called the Esosechen. Right. And different Chachshayim have different opinions of what Nachal Mitzrayim is. It was an old Machlaikis already in the time of the old Yishev of Tukachinsky and the best of Rezachayim Zanfeld already had a disagreement about exactly what we call Nachal Mitzrayim today, because we don't have a river there. So the question is exactly where the river used to be. Right. There are two different opinions. The most Machim opinion is that Nachal Mitzrayim is towards the southern end of the Negev, it's near Yafata. And that's quite far south. It's under the Rimon, it's, it's much lower than uh, the other opinions. And if anything above or that line, they were considered to be Eretz Israel. And the other opinion is that Nachal Mitzrayim is much further north than that. And if that's the case, then it's, it's really uh, it's slightly underneath Beresheva area. It's uh, the Nachal which goes towards Mitzrayim, which means it really cut the Gaza Strip. Uh, part of it would be there, so part of it wouldn't. Right. Because okay, so those are different, those are two extremes, and there are a number of different cities in between exactly where Nachal Mitzrayim is. Either way around, so in the map in front of us, right, they've taken the more Makal Shitta from Nachal Mitzrayim, which means that Nachal Mitzrayim is today, like I said, somewhere in the Gaza Strip, uh, going from the. It's going, like, so to speak, not just west, it's going northwest. Now, when it comes down from underneath Koshmane, that goes up towards the sea. That's Nachal Mitzrayim. Uh, there are other things that it goes straight. So it goes towards Mitzrayim, and we're cut into the Sinai Peninsula instead of going up towards the sea. We're going much lower, much further down before it's the sea. And that's the case, the Eretz will be that much longer, so to speak, both to the south and to the west. Okay, so that's the southern border of Israel. Again, this is just following the terraces. It was a Nachal given to Shevet Yehuda. Now, we said the west border <coughs> is the sea, is the, and now we have the east border. The east border of Yehuda is the Yamamelech, until the Ksel Yarden, which means Yehuda doesn't get the land of the Yarden, he only got the Yamamelech. From above it, it's already no longer his Nachla, it's Nachla of Binyamin, if you're going to see. And therefore, the tip of the Dead Sea, which touches the Yad, and that's the end point of Yehuda's Nachla on the east. And now we're going to follow the, follow the line of Yehuda's Nachla on the north. Now, so the process is going to explain to us where Yehuda's Nachla goes in the north. It started in the southeastern corner. So we've we explained from underneath Yamamelech, which is the south. Then we went all the way to the west, and the then we came north. back. And, and then he said the west is the sea, so just following the seashore. And then we go back and say so the east is the Yamamelech. Interesting way of doing it. Right. And then you're going to go to the northern border, which is a complicated one because now it's going to cut in between us the different cities on the north. So it's going to explain to you exactly which city it goes up and down. And you're going to see it's not a straight line, Yichlal. Is the, is the whole Yamamelech in The Father's going to tell us the, how, it, how it goes, and it says like this The the border goes north of Beisarava, which means Beisarava is part of Shavit Yehuda. Again, it's never a place, we don't know what that is today. Varag Vul Devira, 
Me'emek Achor, but it's very, very spoken about as Kiryat Sefer, the place which Asnelbek has conquered. But it's a final point in Gilgal, Ashenech Achlamari Adomim. It's going north from there, so the the Gvul, again, you see in the map a little bit, it starts going up and then it, it kind of curves and, uh, up towards, towards Gilgal, which is opposite Mari Adomim, Ashemi Negev and Nachal. This is uh, places on the, coming towards Yerushalayim from the direction of the Dead Sea. The Gvul now Gaben Hinnom is the valley we can see today. When you're looking from the old city towards the east, towards the Arab streets, in other words, there's a very deep valley which cuts down. It's the extension of what today is called. Uh, the, the Sultan's Pool or Brechas of Sultan in Hebrew. Uh, there's a Takti valley which cuts down between Haritzion on the one side and also on the other side. So the, the Gvul went into the valley. The middle of the valley was the Gvul of Yehuda. And then it comes up out the Gvul on the side facing Yehuda, which is Yerushalayim, right, from the south. And we're going to see. So the Gvul climbs the mountain, which is the mountain of Yerushalayim. Ashel Pnebinunam, the part facing Binunam. So what we would call today. The part of the old city which is facing Haritzion, uh, basically where Kevin where, where Davra is, that whole area outside the Tzion Gate, that's all part of Yehud. The Gvul came up and met Yerushalayim on that side. Now, we have today also. Emrikafoim is an extension of that same like dip between the two hills, right? So we're going now further west. So, Amrikafarim is exactly where the street Amrikafarim is. It's the continuation of that same valley, which is today where the King David Hotel will be, or whatever it is. They have the Independence Park there. That's what you call Amrikafarim. And therefore, the Gvul, that's like the Pazak said, that's on the west. The Gvuls come up and met the old city, which was called Yavos, Yerushalayim, up the mountains. That's all still within Nachlas Yehuda. Now, how exactly did the Gvul go to Yerushalayim? Obviously, the Pazak is not going to explain it to us because Yerushalayim hadn't been built yet. So it's just telling us the topographical location, but telling us where it went up the Har. But the Gemara tells us that the Gavul cut Yerushalayim in half. As opposed to other studies which are either in the Gavul or out the Gavul, Yerushalayim was the exception, and that it was cut evenly between half of it, the southern half of Yerushalayim being Nachos Yehuda, and the northern part of Yerushalayim being Nachos Tinyamin. Now, it didn't just go through Yerushalayim, it actually cut through the Harabais. And therefore the Gemara tells us that there's this Nashim, and there's this Kainim, and there's this Israel was all in Nachos Yehuda, and the Kodesh, and the Besamik, and the Besamik Kodashim, was all in Nachos Binyamin. The Mizbeach was situated on the border, in the way that actually most of the Mizbeach was in Nachos Binyamin. There was one strip, which is, went alongside the Mizbeach, which is Nachos Yehuda, which is why the Gemara says that the Mizbeach was built in a very unusual way. The Mizbeach was a square, and there was around the square, there was called the Yisoit, which was like the base of the Mizbeach, but the Wisoy only went around two sides of the Mizbech, not all four. And the reason it didn't go around, in others it went around the west side, and the Mizbech went around the north side of the Mizbech. And then it go around the south side of the Mizbech. And the Gemara says the reason for that is, is because the south side of the Mizbech was the Gvul of Yehuda. And therefore, since the Mizbech was meant to be in Nachas Binyamin, they couldn't build a Yisoy spirit, because it wasn't, that was no longer Nachas Binyamin. Right, so therefore, the Mamish went in, in, inside the base of the Mizbech, so to speak, here, the Pasuk doesn't define that test because the Besamish hadn't been built. Yishlam hadn't been built in this stage. It was in the Goyish city called Yavus. And therefore it says, it climbed the mountain into Yavus, but it doesn't tell you exactly where it cut through and came down the other side. And that's what it says, Vitarak will me roi shahar, el mayin me naftach. 
It went down to the, the, the spring of Menaftach, which was the water which came to Beth Migdash. The Gvul makes the land from Yishalayim towards Kirisi Arim, which is approximately where Kirisi Arim, which is Telson is today. And as again, we're traveling west from Yishalayim. So it goes down into the next valley in Vitar. It like draws a line after the next mountain, which is like we said, the Kirisi Arim is. And then the, so that's a straight line, more or less. And now the Gvul turns. But not so the Gvul me pala Yama el Harseir, but over his Kesef Hayy Arim Safoyna. Now the gvul drops quite sharply from where it was holding by. Here's the arm that comes southwards towards Beishemesh. Beishemesh is still Nachas Yehuda, but the, the gvul comes much nearer it, and then it goes around Timna. Timna was Nachas Binyamin. Once again, we know exactly where these places are. The, the map is showing you more or less the line it takes after Beishemesh, it goes towards the sea. Exactly how far north it goes is, is I think, the speculation of ever at the map here. But we know that that's the general direction. It's going upwards towards where it reaches the sea, which would be, again, the Gvul Yam of the sea. And that's what it says, the Gvul Yam. Now, the west border, Hayam Agadol, Gvul, the sea and the Gvul, Zeh Gvul B'nehud, the Slavim Shrochosam. Now, what does that mean? That uh, the Gemari discusses this in Gitin. It seems to be an extra word in the Pasuk. It says the west border of Yehuda is the Yam Agadol and the border. What does that mean? The Yamagadal is the border. So the Makhlaikis and the Gemara between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabban. The Makhlaikis is this. We have the end points of Nachasir. We have the south point, which is where Nachal Mitzrayim meets the sea. And the north point of Nachasir, where the, where the border meets the sea, wherever it came after coming to turning from Akra. Now, the sea isn't a straight line. The sea kind of curves down into the bay where Ashdod in that area is and comes back out again. So the Makhlaikis and the Gemara. Rabbi Rabban holds that the way we work, work at the Gvul Yam is we take the two points of the border and we draw a straight line connecting them, which means there'll be an, a, quite a bit of sea which is still considered part of the Israel because it's within the line of the, which will, which will connect directly the two end points of the border. So all the sea, which is the, the Yam, which is Nichnas, like the Gemara says, into that area will be part of Eretz Israel. The difference, the Gemara says, the Nassim should be Yam. If there are islands in that part of the sea, um, there will be five to show. We don't know these islands. Today the Mediterranean has no islands just offshore. But the Nafkamina, the other Nafkamina, the Gemara said, uh, maybe the gas will be five to show according to that, yes. But uh, the Gemara says, another Nafkamina would be, is if there would be a boat which would be grounded at sea, and someone would grow vegetables in the boat, the Gemara's example, that would be considered part of to show. So that's like Trimus or Maestros or whatever it's going to be, because the land, even though it's covered by sea, but the land is part of to show. That's the first opinion. The second opinion is that the border follows the, follows the shoreline, and therefore the sea is not not part of Eretz Israel. Anyway, so that's the one opinion, and that is the Yamagadol Ugvul. The Yamagadol isn't the border; it's Yamagadol and the area until the border, which means the in, so to speak, the amount that the sea comes into the line, which connects the two endpoints, that would also be part of Eretz Israel. Really, the rabbis doing it only for Shevet Yehuda, but in the discussion, it's 100%, 100%, but as far as the Gemara is concerned, we're talking about Eretz Yisrael, we're talking about Nachos Yehuda. But if you're going to go the whole way up to the north of Tzidon, you do Ha'ayin and Harahar, that's all these, that's Harahar is, according to one, one chapter in Rashi, so that that whole line will be considered part of Eretz Yisrael. Is there an opinion that it goes out? Now we have a third opinion. Which I don't really draw the line to exactly. This is the opinion of one of the lessons on Bariatosis called the Venu Petek. 
And Rabbeinu Peter was his name. Right. And here's the Peshitta, which he says, he learns from the Chazal, which says that Gvul Yaham wasn't Mugbal, and the Midah, which means that there's no west border of Eretz Yisrael. There's no west border, which means that the whole, as far west as you go into the Mediterranean, it's going to be part of Eretz Yisrael. Right? And if that's the case, um, he has a question, why aren't you chayat from Mishra in Spain? Because he wasn't Spain, can you hear? Because he held that's like due west of Eretz Yisrael. And since there's no west border, the whole sea is considered the west border of Eretz Yisrael, so why wouldn't we have to take from Mishra in Spain, which is part of Eretz Yisrael, because it's going west. Now, it's, the question is, where's it going to, where's it going to end? Right? It's not going to go all the way around the globe and come back and meet Eretz Yisrael on the, on the east. So where's the end point going to be? So that's what the Torah is discussed. And if, if there's a shit that there's no west border of Eretz Yisrael, the sea is included, how far does it go? And here again, we have the two shaitas. The one shaita is, it's only the Amagotl, which will be only the Mediterranean, or it's only sea, as opposed to land. So if Italy or Spain, whatever it is, is going to be due west of Eretz Yisrael, then these places aren't considered by Eretz they're different countries. But if there would be little islands in the sea, so that, that, that isn't considered a different country, that would, and then, then maybe those islands would be part of Eretz Yisrael as well. So if there would be small islands, wherever they're going to be, there was a shot of that part of Cyprus, which would fall into that category also. And maybe these things, according to that sheet in the Gemara, would be Eretz Yisrael. Regardless, we don't pass on that yet. We don't pass on that. It's not clear if we pass on that the that, uh, Gvul follows the direct shoreline or follows the line which we would draw between the two ends of Eretz Yisrael. But we definitely don't hold the sheet that it goes due west to that end. Even it's brought in the Gemara, it's a sheet right now. The Nafka is in this also. For example, is the thing that a person can't leave Eretz Yisrael for nothing. Right? The person has to have a reason to leave Israel. So if a person wants to uh, sail into the sea, right, is that considered leaving Israel? So where the Pandora is going? And as according to this shit, as long as he's staying within the sea, that's part of Israel. According to the first shit, it depends how long. If anything into the sea is out of Israel. According to the second shit, it would depend how far out, out shore he would go, if it would still be considered that he's part of Israel or not. So you would be able to go to Cyprus? So I mean, would be able to go to Cyprus. Right. If that's considered part of Israel or not. Right, okay, so that, that's the basic in the Kudra of Nachlas Yehuda. Right, now the positive date, we'll see by the Shem tomorrow, is going to tell us the names of the cities in Nachlas Yehuda. And the reason it tells us the cities is because we're going to see later, each of the Shvatim had to choose some of their cities to give to the Levi. So therefore it tells us the cities they had, and which out of those, which ones each of it gave from his from his land to the Levi. We'll, we'll see one more point also, and that is that Shevet um, Shimon wasn't given the Ranachla, and therefore, even though they were a little bit scattered between Israel, but the Maisa, a lot of the Shevet sent to the Yehuda. Right, we'll see it. that there was a reason why Shimon Daf connected themselves to Yehuda, and therefore, we'll see it. within this territory of Yehuda, a lot of the families of Shimon resided in the cities of Yehuda as well. Shimon didn't receive a Nachla? 